Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dyslexic Librarian. It's amazing the things that a parent has to put up with when they are trying to obtain a free and appropriate public education for their child. I ran across a post that stated the wild things educators have told you about your child who has the specific learning disability of dyslexia. Well, mine would be, he's not dyslexic. It's his asthma medication causing ADHD. So let's go ahead and write down that he has ADHD. Let's talk to your doctor to get that diagnosis so that we can put in intervention. Well, me and wide-eyed wondering this may asked, can you provide me with that article so that I can read it and do further research? Well, silly me asked this doctor about it. Wonderful doctor, but he did laugh at me. And it was explained to me that in the state of Georgia, a lot of children who have dyslexia are given the the school system attempts to push it off as ADHD because they have some similarities. This rigmarole of attempting to obtain a free and public education for Little Tiger makes me feel as if I am in a battle of verbal judo because I'm constantly reading books such as The Art of War by Sin Tzu, I believe, so that I can learn how to deal and look at the way the school system, who should not be my enemy, but should be a collaborating partner in providing a free and appropriate education for my child, is dealing with issues. I look at YouTube videos by the late Rita Pearson on creating win-win scenarios. I am reading books by Pete Wright dealing with putting my emotions aside and becoming an advocate. These oh, and did I forget I forgot the podcast that I'm listening to dealing with dyslexic interventions that originates from a podcaster in the UK as well as an audio book that is that was written by former FBI negos- FBI hostage negotiator just so that I can navigate this world of IEPs. I feel as if I'm by myself battling and there is plenty of mother get mama guilt to go around here. 
as this mother bears claws and fangs are being created, forcefully created, because I am watching my child struggle, and as I watch my child struggle, I research more laws. I pull up the Indu case and ask what is the minimus? Why is this IEP not robust? Why is the school using interventions that are not based in scientific research? Why is the school avoiding the data that states that this child has an issue with phenomic awareness and is focusing on programs that have no component whatsoever to teach phenomic awareness? Why is the school system measuring the growth with Lexile score? And a Lexile shows how complex of a sentence a person can read. It does not measure a person's ability to decode unfamiliar words, to blend and segment. These are skills associated with phenomic awareness. It is 1.20 in the morning. And instead of getting a good night's sleep on a Friday night so that I can start a day planned with events with my child, I am thinking what my next steps are so that he has a program that's being followed with fidelity. This year, He was given a program to use, and fidelity has not been met. I've been told, even though I have not yet seen the documentation, and the company stated that they cannot speak to me about the fidelity of the program that was purchased by Clayton County School System and directed me to individuals on the IEP team to ask them about it. They're using Language Live four days a week at 45-minute sessions. Now, during the first semester, this program was not followed with that type of fidelity. They gave him one 45-minute sorry, one 60-minute session a week. And I had to have three meetings. No, no, two meetings to get them to up that to a 90-minute session once a week. And that was almost hamstrung by an individual who told my child that we're adding an extra 30 minutes on to this intervention because your mother feels as if you're not receiving enough time in tutoring. Now, it doesn't matter what I feel because feelings are irrelevant when we're going by data. 
and what the baseline assessment says. My feelings are irrelevant when the author of this program, Dr. Louisa Motes, has set out, her and her team have set out and outlined what is fidelity for a child to gain good results. And now we're not going for good results. We're going for ambitious results that will yield 18 months of growth in one academic year. By him having one 90-minute session a week, and these sessions were interrupted by the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays, there's no way this program would fee- would even yield diminished results. This is very frustrating. Very frustrating. So I looked at the data, posted on at least six, seven Facebook pages full of mothers dealing with learning disabilities to find out what has worked for them and what I could use. And I was blessed to find three mothers who sent me information, outlined information on how I could help him. I have been blessed to find other moms who posted on the page and, in, oh, homeschooling pages as well for individuals who are homeschooling children with dyslexia have posted links to YouTube and homeschooling curriculum. Now the thing is teaching it to my child. I know that it would be best to have a tutor do this from my own personal observation of witnessing a mother work to get her child SAT scores up and grades in school so that the child would be accepted into Georgia Tech. This child's father has a doctorate in chemistry. The child was not making a high enough A in chemistry. And instead of the father tutoring this child, though the father did try, they sought out a tutor and paid them. Now, if a high-performing parent is, if a parent of a high-performing child is doing this, I see. Well, I saw the benefits of having a tutor because it helps preserve the parent-child bond and makes it so that the child can come back to the parent to speak of issues that they're having problems with. And the parent can relay the issue to the tutor and they can work out a better strategy. However, since the school is not being being cooperative, not following programs with fidelity, 
using programs that are not cleared as being proven by work Works Clearinghouse, which is a government-ran site, non-biased, that posts the effectiveness of intervention programs. It is left up to me, Mama Bear, to work with Little Tiger. This is quite frustrating. We've all seen our children push back when they find things difficult. And we know Little Tiger finds this difficult. This is frustrating because Little Tiger is a teenager. And instead of parenting him in the next phase of life, I'm worrying about schoolwork because I'm not being included as a fully participating part of his educational process. By the school helping and providing programs and using the data to remediate. It's frustrating because other parents who have gone through this have had to file OCR complaints, Office of Civil Rights complaints, as well as state complaints to the Department of Georgia Department of Education. The snag here is that when they file these complaints, when they go to mediation, they are told to, f- to fill out a non-disclosure agreement. So, strategies that work to help get their child or children the services they need cannot be fully researched by other parents. This information of tactics that the school used to delay and deny services so that parents can learn how that particular school district functions is not available. But yet, you have to learn the hierarchy of the school system and how it works. On top of reading those books on test and assessment, rights law from emotion to advocacy, attending webinars, dealing with assistive technology to assist your child, you also have to look at laws, post questions on websites, or pay for questions to be answered when you run across laws you don't understand, or you see tactics that the school is using that seem unfair, you have to find a sounding board. And again, parental guilt is very heavy. Because as we know, mothers do this work. And we often do it alone, not because we are single parents or we are don't have effective co-parents, but for some reason, majority of fathers, in my experience, 
don't want to see that there is an issue. They don't want to see the confrontation because they know that there may be some blowback on their child. So this is very stressful. Well, it is now 1.31. And I am going to try to obtain some rest. So that the time I do have a little tiger tomorrow. After we finish practicing breaking up. Multisyllabic. I can never pronounce that word. After we get through practicing breaking up very large words, we will spend the day together and enjoy movies and popcorn. Well, this is the Dyslexic Librarian signing off, and I am still taking donations of materials to help create a parental library for parents. I materials as well as funds. Funds can be donated at the GoFundMe page titled The Dyslexic Librarian. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to my rant, I guess you would call it that. Not so much a rant, but my dismay, my heartache and hurt at knowing that I am still going to have to work with this child after high school and tutor him. But one good thing has come out of this. Well, two things. One, with all the craziness going on in this country, the polarization that's happened because of the political situation. Having a child with a specific learning disorder has kept me grounded in humanity because I belong to a unit of people who see the potential that is untapped as we struggle to support our children and see that that potential become tapped. And that's one thing. The second good thing that has come out of this is that I'm remediating myself. I know that I can't help my child and for the longest I was like, okay, just let me use the assistive technology tools and let me go. No, but that's a band-aid. It's a band-aid I don't want for myself and I don't want for my child. So while I'm helping him, I'm also helping myself. Well, revelations and humanity grounded. I say goodnight. Signing off, the dyslexic librarian.